Mornings are better with a warm beverage, even for Latter-day Saints. Meet Postum, the ideal coffee alternative and proud sponsor of This Week in Mormons podcast. Spotted on the coffee aisle at Smith's Grocery or at your local nearby store. Can't locate it? No worries. Order it at postum.com. Explore delicious recipes to tailor your Postum experience. Start your day off right with Postum. Hello, everyone. Welcome to This Week in Mormons, the Sisters Edition. Twim Sisters. Twim Sisters. With your host, Ariane Smith. And Tiffany Hales. We're here for February. We are here for February. (laughs) How's February treating you so far? Uh, It's good. It's not January. It's not January. It's only up from here. So (laughs) I'm a little bit confused about where we are on the map of February because January was so weird this year with snow days and holidays. Well, and like January lasted like 90 days. It lasted forever. And the snow days made it feel, we had several snow days here, which is rare. Yeah. Made it feel so long and confusing. And I really think my kids had maybe like six days of school in January. (laughs) Well, and here we are. I mean, it is the 9th of February and I just feel like February is flying at at a record pace, which makes me happy because then it will be March and then it will start to warm up. I know. It's good. It's all good. So So anything else fun going on in your life just besides trying to survive your children? Not much. I'm just hanging in. Hanging in. Nothing new church-wise. Same calling. Same old, same old. How about you? Well, I'm going to share... I got a new oven. Oh, yes. I just walked into her house and saw the new oven. And you had no idea. For the first time. I had no idea. I am quite giddy. I test drove it for the first time tonight. Um, You know this. I don't know if the listeners do. I absolutely love to bake. Mm -hmm. And I love to cook. And I use my oven like all the time. When we moved into this house, um, you know, it, it had really high-end appliances in this house. And I have to tell you, I am over high-end appliances because they break. They're expensive to fix. That's if you can even find anybody to fix them. So when we first moved into this house, this oven did not work. In fact, it was kind of funny because um, the people that we bought the house from, uh, they had done a whole remodel of the house and there was a single oven and then there was a microwave above it. And I could tell she'd used the microwave, but the oven literally looked brand new and I couldn't get it to go on. And so I called a repair person and they said, yeah, you know, there's a fuse inside your oven that's blown. I'll fix the fuse. So he fixed the fuse and I said, I'm pretty sure this oven's never been turned on. And he said... Um, they, they clean up really well these days. I'm sure it has. So he fixes the fuse. He turns it on. Brand new oven smell comes out. Oh my goodness. But it still never worked. Like it was supposed to be convection and it wouldn't work Mm -hmm. the way it was supposed to with convection. And then probably for the last two years, it just started randomly turning itself off. And throwing me all these. Oh, that's not great. And throwing when you me have all dinner these, in the oven. Exactly. Surprise. And throwing me all these error messages. Mm-hmm. So like if I put something in the oven, I really had to stay around the kitchen area so that I could hear the beep if it randomly mm-hmm. turned off. And so my husband and I just decided I was so frustrated. He just We just decided we're like, okay, we need to replace the oven. And I figured I probably had enough space for double <gasps> ovens because I kind of had a cupboard under. No, I'm so jealous. I've always wanted double ovens. And so mm-hmm. I thought if I get a smaller microwave mm-hmm. and get rid of that cupboard underneath, I think I can get double ovens. So we measured and we did a little online shopping and we went to RC Willie last weekend just to look. We had zero intention of buying anything. And we went into the clearance center at RC Willie and they had a double oven in there that was the perfect size that was literally half Price. I'm amazed. I can't believe you just found one that fit right in. Uh, we were shocked too. Mm-hmm. And the, the only thing that was wrong with it was there's like a little dent on the front in the mm-hmm. bottom. What's well, a double oven and it almost goes to my floor. Nobody can see the dent. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just anyway. So my husband, cause he's very handy, installed it last night mm-hmm. for me. So exciting. And she baked her first batch of I cookies. I did bake my first and batch of cookies. And she gave me one when I got here. It was I did. <laughs> well, and here's the cool thing because it's a double oven and because it's double convection, this is the best part. I am so going to be churning out cookies. I made my cookie dough. I put all of the cookies on four trays. I put four trays in the oven. Mm-hmm. I went and cleaned up my mess. And by the time I cleaned up my cookie mess, 
the cook, all the cookies were out of the oven and done. That's amazing. It was so fast. It's a nice life you're living there. It's, and, and, <laughs> and again, I am, I am going to acknowledge, I realize that, you know, these are first world problems and I'm exceptionally privileged that, you know, I was, I found it that I'm able to do this. But uh, as my, one of my friends told me, she's like, but you use that oven all the time for service. And it's That's really true. too true because I do a ton of baking and cooking for ward functions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I eat, go hear the December episode about the pink party. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, so I, I use my oven that's a lot for service exciting. because that's one of my love languages is food. And I service. love that. I so. agree. The high end appliances are overrated. And did you know that our, we, our house had high end appliances. Uh-huh. That we moved yes. Into. Cause they had just done a kitchen yes. remodel in your house when you bought it. We have a Viking oven. It's garbage. Yeah. <laughs> and, but get this, did I ever tell you our fridge is a knockoff? No. We also have a Viking fridge. It broke. The guy that came to fix it was like, did you know this isn't a real Viking? We were like, they sell knockoff Vikings? Like with the Viking name on yes. it? Yes. He's like, yeah, this this isn't real. Wow. <laughs> I was like, what? He could tell when he opened it up something about the way it was uh-huh. configured inside. He could tell. He's like, yeah, it happens, happens a lot. Like these lower end uh, companies will like use the name. I don't know. He was trying to describe it. I was very confused, but basically it was kind of a knockoff situation. Interesting. I was like, oh, who knew? Well, I went with General Electric. I picked a General Electric (laughs) profile, uh, double oven and microwave as opposed to decor. I had D-A-C-O-R was the name of it before, which is a high-end one. Mm. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all about the basic. It's basic to operate. You could get anybody to fix it. Parts are easily available. I also bought the warranty with it, which normally I wouldn't do, except I use this oven so much and I've had such a bad run with ovens. I was like, six year warranty for how much I'm going to use this oven? Yes, please. You're going to run it to the ground. I'm going to run it to the ground. <laughs> All right. Ward activity. That is what's new and exciting in my life is totally got a double oven. Okay. Okay. Well, we're going to get into news because I have to say this is a really good news week. Oh, like, like last time, a month ago when we recorded, we were struggling. We were pulling stories out. This week is like the oh, sweet amazing. spot. There's a bunch of quirky stories. Yes. There's a couple of like awful ones. Yes. But there's mostly a bunch of like random good quirkiness. So I know. I'm, I'm going to tease one of my Mormons behaving badly because we have exceptionally bad behavior tonight oh. in this particular member of the church. It's real bad. It's one of the worst we've had in a while. It is one of the worst we've had in a while. So we're going to tease that. We're going to start with our regular stories and we will get to our very, very badly behaving member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Yes. Other than that, most of these stories are quite delightful. They are quite delightful. So, Okay. You want to start us I'm off? I'm glad the news machine is starting to churn yes. now that we have gotten through the month of January. Yes. Yes. I will start you off. I will start us off tonight. This story hails from the Deseret News, and this is an article entitled, What Temple Dedications Assignments Reveal About Latter-day Saint Global Leadership. So this is kind of interesting because, you know, probably five, 10 years ago when they were doing temple dedications, they were pretty much done by the prophet or one of the counselors Mm -hmm. in the first presidency. And this was interesting because as I was reading this, I don't remember a day when it was just um, by the prophet. I know it was, but until this article was pointing out all the the different places they've gone, I was like, oh yeah, I guess... Yeah, it used to kind of just be the Mm -hmm. exclusive domain of the First Presidency because um, you remember when they dedicated the Meridian Temple here in Idaho, they had President Oopdorf. He he came and dedicated the temple. And I've just gotten so used to this new way of doing it that I was like, oh, yeah, we didn't always do it this way. And and, and probably part of that was Mm -hmm. because I think at the time President Monson was the prophet and maybe he might not have been in Mm -hmm. the, the best health to be able to do that. Anyway, so... President Nelson, because as you know, every time we go have conference, at the end of conference, he's like, you get a temple, and you get a Mm. temple, and you get a temple. If he went to dedicate every single one of those temples, he couldn't keep up. There's no way. I think that's why I was looking at this list going, oh, of course we do it this way. Like, he he would have to. Yes. So the writer of the article, who's Mm. none other than Tad Walsh, he writes a lot of articles for the Deseret News, covers the church. 
Uh, he said, two years ago, we noted in this space that President M. Russell M. Nelson was taking an unprecedented step by assigning temple dedications to every member of the first presidency and the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. And they shared a couple of years ago his reasoning for doing this. And I really liked this. I thought this was really sweet on President Nelson's part, aside from the fact that, like, he can't physically dedicate all of the temples. He's he's uh, he's he's mm -hmm. throwing down. Uh, so he says, you know, if you've been a father and you take your children on a fishing trip, he said, yes, you're happy catching a fish, but you're really a lot happier watching your children fish. And he says, I get so much joy out of watching the members of the Quorum of the Twelve uh, go and dedicate these temples, especially in areas that they have a connection to that. He says that is just the fun of it. And that's why I'm letting them do that. And um and then they talked about President Holland, because as we know, recently, President Holland dedicated the St. George Temple. He's a St. George boy, mm -hmm. married a St. George girl. And um, President Holland said that I guess it was last spring before Sister Holland died and before he became ill, uh, President Nelson had said to him, hey, you know, we've got the St. George Temple dedication coming up. I really want you to be able to dedicate it. And then, of course, Sister Holland died and he got very ill. And so he was not sure whether or not he'd be able to dedicate the temple. Mm -hmm. And um, he says, President Holland says in this article, first of all, I'm grateful for the privilege of being alive, that I was so close to death for so many weeks, and then to be healed and come back and have President Nelson indicate I would be the one to dedicate the St. George Temple. So President Nelson was still like, mm -hmm. yep, you're dedicating the temple. And so then... Then it goes on to just go through all of the different temples since 2018 that have been dedicated and who has dedicated them in the uh, in the in the Quorum of the Twelve. So what's really interesting is the upcoming temple dedications. So we have 2024. And we have the Red Cliffs Temple, which President Eyring is going to dedicate. And they have listed who's going to dedicate all of the others, like President Oaks, Elder Gong, mm -hmm. Elder Runlin, Elder Christofferson. But what is so fascinating is the Manti Temple. So the Manti Temple right. is set for dedication on April 21st. So we're about 10 weeks away, give or take, from the Manti Temple dedication. Right. And it is a TBA. It's the only one on the list that is TBA. To be announced. Which tells me that President Nelson is maybe holding out hope that he I, can go. Wouldn't I you think? am guessing with these pioneer era temples mm -hmm. like Manti, they haven't started Logan yet. I mean, obviously, President Nelson, presuming he is still with us right. when Salt Lake is finished. And I kind of think he will be. <laughs> I think he really wants to see Salt Lake to the end. I hope he is. I'm. I am, He's probably holding out for you it. You know what? If I was putting hard money on the table right now, I would put hard money on the fact that he's going to stick around for the Salt Lake Temple Probably. Dedication. What's the timeline on that these days? I think we're into 2026, maybe. Okay. So a couple of years away. Okay. He's 99 now. He could do it. He, I, I mean, from all <laughs> accounts, we believe he is in good health for a gentleman his age. He's clearly got his mental faculties about right. him. Well, and he is not on this list of 2024 20, temples no. yet. I mean, the list only goes through June. Yeah. I don't know if we're getting any more yeah. or if this is the whole year. But you look at 2023 but, and he didn't dedicate any in 2023. That's true. He assigned them all out. So I do. I think President Nelson mm -hmm. is probably going to dedicate Manti um, because it is one of those pioneer era temples. Mm -hmm. And and. Again, St. George was a pioneer a temple, but he know, wanted to give it to Holland. And and mm -hmm. there is no person that is more connected with the St. George area yeah. than President Holland. And and I just think that that's so lovely that President Nelson mm -hmm. acknowledges that and, and allows yeah. that to happen. So. It's very sweet. It was fun to see the list of years and how many temples per year. Yeah. Like some years were massive amounts. What was the year? 2019. 20, that, there were a ton in 2019. Not very many in 2020. Mm -hmm. Imagine right. that. In <laughs> fact, the 2020 ones were... Wasn't there only one? Yeah, there was only one. So I'm guessing that 2021 uh -huh. probably happened prior to March 2020. It sneaked in. And then there were only a few in 2021. Yeah, exactly. So so then there was a lot in 2023. Mm -hmm. And again, they, they've slated a whole bunch for 2024. So yeah. anyway, I think that's that's kind of cool. So yeah, that was fun. Speaking of President Holland, we're going to stay on that note with President Holland. 
Uh, obviously, he dedicated the St. George Temple, and he conducted his first assignment outside the state of Utah. We know that his he's not been in good health mm-hmm. and he's making a recovery. And so President Nelson has kind of been giving him the time that he needs to make that recovery. And he finally felt strong enough to kind of travel outside the state. And so he went to Phoenix, Arizona for a leadership training. And um, I really liked the message that he gave in his leadership training. Uh, he was talking about... Um, about the ordinary work of the church and that, you know, despite the hardships and he was talking about his physical hardships of his health and, mm-hmm. and the, the emotional ones losing sister Holland. He says, we get up and keep going because we know with absolute certainty, the end of the story, it is the reverse of most things that we know in life where we know the beginning, but we don't know the end. Even in times of discouragement and trouble, light conquers darkness, good conquers evil, righteousness overcomes transgression. And I can just hear his voice saying those words. And uh, and I, I really liked that message that he was putting out there because sometimes when we're just dealing with really difficult things, it's hard to think, is there a way out of this? Mm-hmm. Is this ever going to end? And I like his reminder about, you know, when you, for example, look at, you know, maybe you don't think, like how things are going politically or socially or, or, or a number mm-hmm. of things, he says, look, we know how the story ends. So right. don't get too worked up about it. Have more of an eternal perspective. As President Nelson would say, think celestial. That's right. And so. this is also a good sign he's getting out again. Maybe yes. we will get an Elder Holland talk at conference. I hope we get an Elder Holland talk at conference. I think we probably will. He, he was strong enough to speak at Elder Ballard's funeral. I mean, mm-hmm. granted, he was, he was a little weak, but he showed up and he spoke at the funeral and he's getting out more. So yeah. I... I am guessing at conference time, we get an Elder Holland talk. Hope so. Okay. Okay. This next article was a Deseret News article. It was hilarious. This is by Meg Meg Walter. Okay. And you have to click the link for this and go see the pictures. You have to see the pictures. Because you can't appreciate the article unless you actually see the pictures. You're going to need visuals. Yes. Because this, um, this author, Meg Walter, she decided to use chat GPT to create AI images of Utah, of a Utah potluck. And she wanted it like a photorealistic image. Yeah. Uh, so you, I mean, we've all seen these Im- yes. images that yes. are flying around the internet lately, um, created by ChatGPT. So she asked it to create a Utah potluck. That's the only information she gives it. Yes. Utah potluck, nothing else. Uh, the first image she gets um, she didn't say, oh, first she did an outdoor one and it was like a summer outdoor picnic mountains in the background. So it looked very Utah. Yes. Then she said, okay, create me an indoor potluck. And the image it gives her looks just like a church gym, shiny gym floor, basketball hoop. It even had like the um, fabric walls, the fabric walls, the, halfway up the wall, halfway up the wall. And <laughs> it was just like full of, okay. If you looked really closely in the photo, it looked like. Like some of those people were in like Temple White. Not all of them. Okay. Did you notice this? I did not notice this. I was, I'll have to go back and look. I was studying this photo because I was quite fascinated. Oh, yeah. You you texted me the next morning and you're like, I went down the rabbit hole last night. I went down several rabbit holes thanks to this one. Oh, good. So. I can really wait to hear about your rabbit holes. Um, anyway, if I, I was like looking real close at some of these people and it looked like they were in all white long dresses like a temple dressing okay. but only a few of them I was like was that on purpose or is that a coincidence is this me seeing this with like my Mormon eyes or <laughs> okay I'm gonna have to go look that or again. did chat GPT say we got to throw a couple temple people in because <laughs> this is Utah I'm guessing chat GPT said throw some temple people in <laughs> so um anyway but the gym looks like an LDS gym so hilarious and then the food um she had it create like what would be served at a potluck in Utah? And it sh- so it chat- GPT came up with this plate, which had green jello, funeral potatoes, some type of meat. Like it looked like it a looked Utah like legit what you'd see and at she, a Utah funeral. Again, she gave zero. Or any Mormon funeral. She gave zero say. information. This is just AI being all creepy and AI. <laughs> so, and then I thought this was hilarious. She said, okay, show me children running amok in the foyer at a, ch- at a church potluck. And that was also hilarious. 
So at first they were, they were dressed up in like churchy clothes. Okay. And then she said, make them look more casual. And um, she said, I could tell I was one prompt away from creating a scene from The Exorcist. <laughs> So she the read children the, were so out of control. The, the children were looking crazy, running around like yeah. like crazy criminal monster children. Okay, well that basically sounds like a word potlet feral children. So then she said, "Put them back in the gym." So then right. she got gets a picture of the gym with the adults and the potluck and the kids running amok in the middle, and it was like perfection. Uh, this is your word potlet. Anyway, it reminded me of I had sent you yes on Instagram. Well, I think it was a. I don't know if it was an Instagram or a TikTok, but I found it on Instagram about a month or so ago, month and a half. Oh, this was creepy. Somebody in Utah um, had asked ChatGPT to create, uh, same thing, an, an image of a Utah um, influencer. Yes. Like Mormon, Utah, mommy yeah. blogger, influencer. Exactly. And she made this whole video of the various images she got back from chat GPT. And then she would keep saying things like, make them more rich, make them more uh, Jesus, more churchy, make them more churchy, <laughs> more righteous. I want them to look more righteous. And the images. So it's then evolving. <laughs> it was hilarious. It was so hilarious and so creepy at the same time. <laughs> And yet you looked at the images and you're like, I know people on Instagram that look like I know, that. It looked like the and Turtle they, Creek they, Lane people. And they had like a million kids. Well, not yeah. a million kids, yeah. but it was very, very large family. Yes. Lots yeah, of- it did. It kind of looked like Turtle Creek Lane. <laughs> and, and if you don't know who Turtle Creek Lane is, she is a lady out of Texas. She has a, a large following on Instagram uh, and several of her kids are on Instagram as well. Her real name is Jennifer Houghton. She does mm-hmm. out of control decorating. She seriously seems like the sweetest person she does. in the world. She's she, she's she's just almost too good to be true. She just seems like a very genuine. Very she nice seems person. really nice. But yeah, they all look like they're carved out of cream cheese. I know it was so funny. Okay, this reminds me. On SNL a couple weeks ago, they had a skit about Stanley Cups. And, oh my gosh! And moms and their Stanley okay. Cups. Did you see this? I did not see this. I've heard about. Okay, this. you have to look it up because okay. they did not say these were Mormon moms, but they implied that these were Utah moms. There were, there were mountains in the background and there were a couple of sly references to Utah. In well, there. and that was right around the time that article came out that I covered when I podcasted. Yes, about the Stanley Cup. About the Stanley Cup. Yes. Yes. So anyway, that was funny. Okay. Too. I'm going to have to go find that. There's a couple Saturday Night Live sketches that people have told me lately that mm-hmm. I need to go see. And so I'm going to have to go. Yeah. I'm going to have to go take those You out. need to go look. It was hilarious. My husband and I watched it together. And we always tease my husband because he's the only one in our family that has a Stanley Cup. Oh, he's got a big Stanley Cup. <laughs> he has a big Stanley Cup and he you loves it. You should narc him off and tell everybody what he does on Saturday night with his Stanley <laughs> Cup. Because I've caught him doing this on Saturday I night with his know. Stanley Cup. So I got this tip from a friend of mine who is an avid diet coke drinker and her so are her sisters and yes. she and her sisters have cracked the code to a good sunday diet coke okay without having to break the sabbath okay <laughs> so she told me this and i told my husband and he was like yeah i'm gonna do that so they go on saturday to get their soda because they always get a soda on saturday yes and they take their extra cup her and her sister do this they have two stanley's okay or two stanley's. stanley adjacent type products okay and they take their they get their saturday soda and then they get their Sunday soda in the Stanley okay. and they put it in the fridge and it stays good till the next day. And so now my husband is doing this with Mountain Dew on Saturday. He'll take his Stanley, get his Mountain Dew and put it in the fridge. I know we busted you guys at the convenience store. You guys were out on date night and so, so my husband and I were too. Oh yeah, it was Saturday it night. It was Saturday night and your husband was there getting his fix. Anyway, we tease him. He's quite proud of it. We tease him because I have like a knockoff Stanley from uh-huh. Amazon, but he is uh, the one in our family that has the Stanley cup. And so we tease him about being a Utah mom. It's hilarious. <laughs> Okay, well, we're going to start on our influencer track for just a minute. Okay. Because we have another influencer story. This is the second rabbit hole I jumped down when Tiffany sent me these articles. Okay, this is. I kind of like that. I know. And you did it late at night, I believe. I did it late at night laying in bed, and I was like, well, now I'm not going to (laughs) sleep. Because they were that disturbing. (laughs) So, this one, this article is entitled Meet the Influencers Repackaging the Mormon Dream. Um, so this was an editorial at a website called hungertv.com. 
editorial. Um, so they are talking particularly the bulk of the article was about an influencer named Nara Smith. And Nara Smith is LDS. I had not heard of her before, but she is married to a famous model whose name is Lucky Blue Smith, who I also had not heard of. I had heard of You Lucky tell me Blue you Smith. have. How had you yes. heard of him? Um, you know, he broke into the modeling world mm-hmm. kind of in his late teens, so to speak. And he was a really huge deal when he broke into the modeling world. And he, and he came from this mm-hmm. big Utah or this big LDS family. I mean, not... There's like four or five kids, but they all have like these really, um, four is the new six. Exactly. <laughs> we always say that. <laughs> they, they have these really, uh, different names, you know, like oh, okay. his name is Lucky Blue Smith. And I can't remember what his, what, what, the, his, siblings what the siblings were, but they were all very interesting names. So I, I had heard of him at that point in okay. time. And, and I, I mean, to me, they seem a little bit more Mormon adjacent, Right. Mormon, but they, they identify as Mormon. Okay. So I had never heard of him, but he is like a, like, he's a high-end model. He's a high-end like model. He he's models been very, for, very successful. Yeah. Like he's like in magazines and yeah. brands and modeling in fashion shows, like big time. So his wife also is a model from what I can tell maybe, but also like an influencer, like she, I don't know if she does as much runway stuff as him as Mm -hmm. she does. Like she does have brands that she works with. Well, and she's got a huge TikTok following. Yeah. Her name, her name is Nara. Nara Smith. Nara Smith. So it has come out recently. And if you, if you looked at their Instagram page, it does not scream Mormon. Yeah. Like you wouldn't even like, no, no, it doesn't scream Mormon, but they've, dropped some hints lately that they are Mormon and people have really started to notice this and pick up on it because now it's kind of changing like, Oh, these, this, I'm looking at this through a new light now. So some people are speculating. I thought this was hilarious. Someone said, um, some, some people online are spinning the narrative that the model turned influencer was a form of propaganda for the religion. Um, yeah. And this is because a lot of her content. One church plaza put them up to it. <laughs> right. I'm like, uh, <laughs> really? <laughs> but this is, they're saying this because a lot of her content current, like her yes. new, her newest content is a lot of her, cause they have two kids now. Yes. It's and she's a lot. Pregnant with a third. It's a lot of her cooking for her husband. Yes. Cooking for her kids. And she's cooking in like evening get like fancy dresses and earrings and full makeup and she's in the kitchen cooking i was watching her baking in this fancy dress and i'm like i I, I had no words (laughs) because i'm like girlfriend can you give me a tip about how you don't get flour on that because i am a hot mess when i bake right so the speculation very yes very um it's very 1950s housewife it is or they call it trad wife Oh, traditional wife. Oh, have you not heard that? No, not heard the term? team. It's, it's called, called a trad wife. A trad wife for traditional wife. There's a whole, there's a whole undercurrent on the internet about it. Oh, people wanting to be trad wives. I did not know that. And people saying, why would you want to be a trad? And wife? it's a Mormon conspiracy, apparently, it's according a, to some. Well, and the trad wife is not um, is not per se um, a, a, mm-hmm. an LDS thing. Uh, it is more just women out there who uh-huh. say, I want to espouse traditional wife values and okay. they vacuum in a skirt. Okay. So anyway, there is speculation now that like she's trying to make this like kind of the Mormon ideal, traditional Mormon ideal yes. housewife look great. Anyway, um, this this is what I have to say because I did jump down the rabbit hole. I was like, who are these people? Oh, this is interesting. This is yes. interesting. One of the very first videos I watched of her, I was like, mm, no, no, ma'am. This is what it was. Okay. <laughs> it was her in the video and she's doing a voiceover and she's like, my daughter wanted a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for breakfast. So I'm going to make it for her. She makes homemade bread. She roasts her peanuts in the oven and crushes them to make homemade peanut butter saying sometimes you can add honey but I didn't today then she makes homemade jam and then she makes this like little petite peanut butter sandwich with her homemade bread jam and peanut butter and claims this is her daughter's breakfast I'm like no ma'am let's call this what it is dinner because by the time you did all of that, it is dinner time. <laughs> Let's be real here. Exactly. <laughs> so I took issue with that. <laughs> right um, away, I was like, sorry, not relatable. Not relatable. 
I am a mom. You are a mom. I can appreciate other moms. I, I love moms. I can appreciate that you did it the day before and maybe got it out that morning and made it for her. But you're not going to say, darling, just sit here on this stool. I have to run some peanuts first. I have to make some jam. And the bread's going to take a couple hours. Right. And let's not pretend this is breakfast. Your toddler's having a tantrum because when they wake up, you need to feed them. They're within, hangry. Within about 20 minutes or you're in utter meltdown mode. <laughs> Like I said, they're hangry. If you've had a if you've had a toddler, no food equals anger. Anyway, so I was like, no, 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 no. And this article did say that like um, the the kind of the the polarizing part of this type of content is these you know moms, and they also mentioned the ballerina farm. Yes, girl. and we've talked about her. Um, Hannah, Hannah Nealman is the ballerina farm girl. Again, another influencer makes everything homemade from scratch. They just talk about how, um, they are pushing this simplicity lifestyle. Mm -hmm. It's simple, but they were talking about how, you know, they're, it's simple because you have the means to do exactly. it, right? Like yeah. this is not simple for most people. Exactly. Well, and I'm, I'm home. I'm not working outside yeah. of the home right now, but this still doesn't look simple. <laughs> so. Anyway, it was a rabbit hole. You want to go watch some entertaining yet puzzling content? Go look them up. Well, and and, and Hannah Nealman does a similar thing. She has a whole video where mm -hmm. she's making her mozzarella from scratch for her meatballs mm -hmm. and all of that stuff. And, and, and she is a lovely individual. Don't get me wrong. Right. Kind of amazing because I don't think we covered. Well, we, we covered the fact that she was um, Mrs. South Dakota or North Dakota, because one of those states mm -hmm. you don't have to live in the state to oh, win right, their Mrs. Yeah. competition. She went on to Mrs. America and she won Mrs. America. So then she was Mrs. America. Then she's pregnant. Then she gives birth to a baby two weeks before the Mrs. Oh, Universe right. competition. And so she shows up at the Mrs. Universe competition uh, with her suckling child, and she looks fantastic. Oh, I know. There's a picture flying around the internet of her nursing in her yes. gown. Yes. So. And so, I mean, mad props to you, Hannah. I will definitely give mm -hmm. you props for the ability to do that. But um, I would think that she's probably more the exception than the rule. Because let me tell you, two weeks postpartum, mm -mm. I was not in a situation mm -mm. to go be competing in a beauty pageant. No, or even fit into Anything. Anything. Stretchy pants. Stretchy pants. That's all you get. Exactly. Anyway, I just think it's really interesting. Um, you know, I don't want to be like, they shouldn't be doing this. You can do what you want for your yeah. kids and your family. Yeah. And I I realize we are all voyeurs yes, on the internet. Exactly. Pe peeking in. But also, I think realistically, we we this is where the the trick of social media, right? You have to remind yourself, like, okay, she really didn't make this for breakfast. Okay, you know, maybe if she did make this, she has a nanny watching the kids. Yeah. <laughs> and she I'm sure she gets like you just have to remind yourself exactly. what what is reality and what is not reality. Exactly. So now com com completely agree. So all right. So this next story, I'm I, I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on this next story. It's kind of more of a teaser. It is from the Deseret News, and it's talking about um polling. There have been all sorts of polls where people have polled Latter-day Saints to kind of get a feel. There were some done in 2011 and 2016. A lot of those related to Mitt Romney running and things like that. Um, and then there was a poll that was done. Do, 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 do. Oh, Jana Reese and Benjamin Knoll polled a little oh. over a thousand saints via representative internet panel and phone interviews. Yeah, I remember that one. But the Deseret News in conjunction uh, at, with the B.H. Roberts Foundation decided they wanted to do a large representative survey. And what they wanted is they wanted current and former Latter-day Saints uh, to not only gather information on basic demographics and beliefs and practices, but to see if they could detect and quantify philosophical differences between current members and former members. And I think, oh, that's fascinating. So yeah. they sent out 80,000 postcards in demographic areas that had a high concentration of members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. They also did some Facebook ads to say, hey, do you want to participate in our poll? Again, targeted to areas that had large concentrations of um, members of the church. And so they, they, they got their responses. They obtained 3,865 valid responses. 
About half were from the postcards and half were from Facebook. And the interesting thing is, is they had 2,625 members and 1,183 former members. Mm -hmm. So they kind of released some teaser statistics. They said 71% of the respondents that identified as Latter-day Saints attended church weekly, uh, while 65% uh, outside the geographic area and the geographic area being the area that's, you know, high in population, uh, said they attended weekly. Those rates were similar to the 69% of the Latter-day Saints who said they attended church weekly in the 2022 cooperative election study. Anyway, so those are just a few of the things that they've released. Uh, they say that they are going to feature more articles in the future and feature uh, more information about what this particular survey, the results of this survey netted. So this will be one that we will I be know. following up on. This was kind of a teaser. I was like, I want the information. I know. I, 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 I want to know what they asked. I want to know all the responses. Exactly. So exactly. I hope we, and they didn't give a timeline. No. So we'll just have to watch for we it. We'll just have to watch for it. Okay. Um, next article is by Jana Reese, our favorite. <laughs> um, Jana Reese on revisiting those old LDS movies from 50 years ago with live commentary. So now, I haven't watched this guy's YouTube channel, but this looks like it could be entertaining. I know. I had not heard of this. And after reading this article, I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to go check this out. So, well, and it just came out today. So it's, yes. you know, we didn't have a whole lot of time. To- yes, we didn't have time to peruse. But this guy named Deves is his last name, Deves. Um, he has a YouTube channel called Mormon Movie Reviews with snarky and sometimes irreverent commentary on old Mormon movies. <laughs> So, and apparently, like, there's a hundred of them that were made, like, between the 60s, 1960 and 1980. Yeah, they said the number. I was like, there's that many? Yeah. I don't think I've seen very many. I think I've only dabbled. I I feel like I've seen a lot growing up through my childhood. Yes. But um, he just, he loves these old Mormon films. He talks about how in his house as a kid, uh, growing up, they didn't have regular TV. So they watched a lot of church videos and LDS films. <laughs> Which sadly I can relate. We had regular TV, but not on Sunday. Yes. So um, she, uh, they talk about the Summer of Decision, which was made in 1962. This is about. Do you remember this one? I do not remember if I remember watching it or being told this okay. story in Young Women's by a Young Women's leader. I'm pretty sure I saw it. As a scare tactic. Oh, yeah. Okay. So share the scare Because I had he- I'd heard this story, but I don't know if I had heard it or if I had watched the. I would need to. Watch it again to see. So this is a film about a young woman um, who is deciding whether or not to marry her fiancé now um, or wait a few months and marry in the temple. I don't know why she would have to wait. Anyway, he wants to, like, get married right now. She's not sure. She doesn't know what she should do, whether she should make the right decision. So they both get married right away, but not in the temple. And they die in a car crash on the way home from their quickie wedding. And they will not be together for eternity. (laughs) That was the message. So you remember this one specifically. Oh, yes. I remember the story. I feel like I was told this story yeah. on Young Women. So anyway, that was 1962. With the irony being that if they were legally married, they would be entitled to go to the temple, have their endowments taken out, and be sealed together. <laughs> Hence negating the won't you won't be together for eternity <laughs> argument. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, but we we weren't as educated in the no. 60s as we, I, I shouldn't say, we weren't as enlightened in the 60s as we are now. <laughs> That's right. Their family could have done it for them. Uh, anyway, okay. So then he just talks about how, you know, these different films, it's kind of like a time capsule to when they were made. Yeah. Like, oh, it is. You can like tell like what was of big importance in the day. He talks about Saturday's Warrior, yeah. which really hits on like, population and like having lots of kids and this was in the 70s apparently that was a big deal then it was a big deal then repopulate the earth i don't know (laughs) so we don't want to repopulate the earth because we have limited resources and we're sucking down all our resources our message oh yes as lds exactly populate the earth (laughs) anyway i do remember saturday's warrior uh watched that so many times cypher in the snow have I have I don't know if I've seen that one. You, you know what? And I know we've talked about mm-hmm. Cypher and the Snow on the podcast because I remember this was before we had Block Church. I don't even mm-hmm. think you were born. We were still in the building on 14th Avenue. You okay. probably don't even remember the 14th Avenue. I barely building. remember it. 
sacrament meeting was in the evening and they showed the film as part of sacrament meeting. Oh, scandalous. <laughs> because apparently Cypher in the Snow is one of the few that doesn't have like doesn't a have a specific overt churchly, message, yeah. churchy message. A lot of the others are very clearly like, here's your gospel message. Anyway, he he just talks about this lost art. You know, it was very popular from the 1960s to the 1980s to make these videos. And now the church has really scaled back on their video producing. Um, because I they mean, got all those influencers out there producing <laughs> the content for them. What do they need to do? The it? scene has changed. No, no youth is going to sit down and watch a half hour video now. No. You, you got to have a... You 30 second influencer on TikTok. Yeah. So anyway, now they're mostly just doing, you know, scripture yeah. videos, Book of Mormon. Anyway, this sounds like a fun channel to I, check out. I may have to check it out. I am curious. And I'm curious how many I would know. Oh, he talks about like the copyrights. Uh, oh, most, I thought, that was I thought this was interesting too. He says most of the old church films are either not copyrighted or they've let the copyright lapse. There's only a few that um, the church will copyright strike. And he said, those are the ones that are the least flattering. Johnny Lingo. Which I love Johnny Lingo. <laughs> they do not want people messing with Johnny Lingo. Well, Johnny Lingo is a cultural they, icon. They got to keep a tight grip on that. And then Journey to Become, which I it says heard of that. it says is from 2013. That's not very long ago. I know. I I don't remember that at so all. So we're going to look this up because it says that this is in the category that's least flattering. Okay, let's let me just let me just look journey up journey to, to become right now. You've got to look this up because that's not very old and for it to be not flattering only from 2013, what was happening? What was this about? Um well, that that that's not it. That's not it. Maybe they've hidden it. A, a quick Google search does not come up with much. It comes up with a. I think it's an, an anime. Uh, uh, a um, Japanese. Anime. I, I think. I, I think it's think in the vault. It. If they are keeping like a tight grip on this uh, copyright, I think it's in the vault. Okay. Well, no. Here we go. Right oh. here. Oh. Okay. Journey to become one family's journey. Let's see. Hard to my, hard to find Mormon videos. A documentary produced for LDS Philanthropies that details a family's efforts to keep money from being a stumbling block to their children. Oh, okay. Uh, interesting. Oh, it says after a few year, a few years after this video was produced, it was removed because some people thought it was emphasizing the use of money to keep children active in the church. <gasps> As a whole, though, this film was about much more than that and is only one family's story. Uh -huh. The lessons to be learned from it are personal, and I hope it provides you as a viewer with a fair view into the beliefs and potential drawbacks of donation to, donations to LDS philanthropies. Huh. Okay. Hmm. Who knew? Interesting. Still never heard of that. Still never heard of that. That one didn't okay, make the Okay, well, rounds. you know what? I, but you, it does look like there's a... If you look online and you're dying to see it, it did appear like maybe it was it was out there and you could watch it. It's floating around somewhere because it's 14 minutes and 32 mm -hmm. seconds, and it's on uh, Vin Vimeo, V I M E O, Vimeo, Vimeo. I don't oh. know what that is. So anyway, um, so yeah, it lo it looks like you could looks like you could watch it if you wanted to. Well, there you go. So when you're going down that rabbit hole late at night, to watch Journey to Become, <laughs> look it up. <laughs> All right. I don't know if you're aware this weekend is the Super Bowl. I am aware. <laughs> Who are you rooting for? That's really hard because, you know, you and I are both Taylor Swift fans. I, I got to say, normally I would root for the West Coast team, yes. which would be the 49ers. Because yes. I just like to pick whoever's the West yes. Coast team. Yes. But I'm sorry. The Chiefs have Andy Reid and Taylor Swift. I'm sorry. I, I know, I'm but you know what? The 49ers have Brock Purdy, and he's like super good friends with Steve Young, and I'm really kind of a Steve Young fan, so I'm, I'm very torn. It's going to be kind of a win-win situation. It doesn't matter who wins. It is I'm a win. Here's why it's a win-win. There is nothing that is giving me more joy right now than the grief that Taylor Swift is giving middle-aged men football fans. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It is a pocket of joy in my election year. To see the consternation she is causing <laughs> among the dads, chads, and brads. Yes, it's so good. <laughs> it is. It's so just good. really fun to watch. Okay, well, we have a couple couple of quick takes on some Super Bowl stories. 
Uh, first of all, Andy Reid, coach of the Chiefs, as we know, he is a member of the church. And so they are doing media day in Las Vegas. And it mm-hmm. is a well-known factor that he loves hamburgers, specifically cheeseburgers. And so, of course, what do you ask him with the Super Bowl approaching? What are your favorite cheeseburgers, Coach <laughs> Reid? So he lists three. He lists in and out he lists Original Tommy's, which is in Los Angeles, and then he lists Hawkins House of Burgers, which is in Los Angeles. I've never heard of Hawkins House I've never of heard Burgers. of Hawkins House. Now, of course, I've had In-N-Out, and I've had Tommy's. Mm-hmm. I, I do not understand the attraction of a Tommy burger. I, I, I'm sorry. I can understand the attraction of an In-N-Out burger, but I don't get the attraction of Tommy's. I'm partial to In-N-Out. Yes. <laughs> anyway, and so... Um, Somebody followed up with a question, you know, where's five guys on the list? And he says it's up there. And he did say when he was asked what toppings he likes on his cheeseburger, he likes to keep it simple. He says, you've got to have your cheese, a little mayo and ketchup, hold the mustard and you can hold the pickles too, but I'll take the rest. A simple man. A simple man. (laughs) So if he wins, hopefully he'll go find himself a lovely cheeseburger in Las Vegas. At least we know in Las Vegas there's an in and out in Las Vegas. So because I don't think there's an in and out in Kansas City. So they are not in the Midwest. So I am sure he will get himself an in and out burger this weekend. If he hasn't already, like, you know, had somebody (laughs) deliver him one every day. Mm -hmm. All right. My second Super Bowl story is there is a tennis phenon in Utah. Uh, She is actually from Farmington. She's 16 years old and her name is Anna Free or Frey, Free, I think. Frey? Frey. F-R-E-Y is how her name is spelled. Anyway, Anna has 1.3 million TikTok followers. And like I said, she's a tennis phenom. Uh, she's, she's, she's one of the top tennis players in the state of Utah. She wants to, you know, eventually go professional. Her dad is her coach. She is a member of the church. Um, but what she is getting noticed for is she looks strikingly like the quarterback from the San Francisco 49ers, Brock Purdy. This is so funny. It is. It is so funny. And you you look at them side by side, and she doesn't look masculine or anything no. like that. She's adorable. She's super cute. She's so cute. But she looks like him if he were a girl. They could <laughs> seriously be brother and sister. I'm just, like, amazed that people figure this stuff yes. out, right? Because I could look at her. And not think that. Yeah. But then when someone points it out, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, totally. Anyway, so she says, uh, she does a, a TikTok video and she says, patiently waiting for my Super Bowl invite. <laughs> Guess what? She got her Super Bowl invite. Oh, she did? Now, not by Brock Purdy. She is tight teaming up with Pro Nutrition. Uh, and she has a name image likeness deal. It's called uh-huh. Six Star Pro Nut- Nutrition. And it is uh, a nutrition company for athletes. So it it fits along with, uh-huh. you know, her thing because she is an elite tennis player and, and athlete. And so they are paying for her oh, to be able to get to I go didn't to the hear that she was going to go. Yes, she I hope she gets get to, to meet him because he's been really funny about it on social yeah, media. He too. really like has. He, he's just joking. Like he seems to have a great, yeah. great sense of humor. He about does. It. And he seems like super super down to earth. He mm-hmm. seems like a really nice guy. And I did a story on him when I uh, recorded with Laura mm-hmm. about a conversation he had with Steve Young and how the whole focus of the conversation was supposed to be football. And it turned to both of them, their belief mm-hmm. in God. So yeah. anyway, good luck to both teams. Like I said, it's it's a win-win. Yes. All right. Okay. Oh, this is a fun one. This is uh, the, the big schools and institutes of the church carried out a CES date night. This was like a multi-regional coordinated event across all church schools and as many, you know, institutes, I think, as were willing to participate. They wanted an organized date night. Um, They are trying to get these kids out and dating. Out and dating. So this article was just interesting. It just like pointed out what they did at every school. They talked about BYU, BYUI, um, BYU Hawaii, and then they talked about some of the institutes. And this was like a huge thing, like massive amounts of food. Oh, yeah. Like um, BYU Idaho games. ran out of food because they yes. had more people show up than they thought. Yes, like free bowling, planetarium shows, massive games out like on the quad. Like this is not just like we're gonna have a dance. Yeah. Like no, they, the kids came out in mass and yeah. apparently had a great time. And it sounds like each president and his wife from attended. each of the universities attended and spoke to the kids and then mingled with the kids and they interviewed a lot of these kids that said it was really fun and like they, you know, 
and they encouraged for this event, they were like, no, you have to bring a date. Like they were pretty, uh, pretty heavy handed on. Don't just show up to this, bring it, ask a date, bring a date. Anyway, I thought it sounded really cute and fun. Yeah. I, I, you know, I think it, I think Uh it was a success. Again, I covered this with Laura and that was just when they had announced it. And we, both of us were like, I don't really know how this is going to work. Right. But based on reading the article, it sounds to me like it was a, a smashing success. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if they keep doing it. Okay. So, all right. We are going to do three really quick takes before we get into Mormons behaving badly. First quick take, uh, you know, we have the Paris Olympics coming up this summer. If you are a longtime listener, you know that us as twin sisters, we are huge Olympic fans and we really like to cheer on members of the church. So two marathon runners, Connor, Connor Mance and Clayton Young, who are both friends and training partners and former BYU runners, both punched their ticket to Paris. That's right. They had the Olympic trials and they placed first and second respectively. So they, and this was on Saturday, February 3rd, they are going to Paris. And what I thought was so cool. So, um, I believe one of them is a couple years older than the other one. In fact, um, Mance, he is 27, and I believe Young is 30. And so Young's second place finish comes one year after he had knee surgery. But what was really cool is they are running. You know, they're getting towards the end of the marathon. And Mance says, you know, he's having a conversation with Young. They're kind of running side by side. And um, he says, you know, the last two miles, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to finish. But Clayton Young just kept saying, hey, just run behind me. We got this. Just stay together. And just they were collaborative, Mm -hmm. even though they were competitors. And then they finished first and second. And so now they get to go to the Olympics together. And I just think that that is so awesome. It's really cool. I'm so excited for them. It's going to be fun to watch. I'm excited to Mm -hmm. watch them. Also, the church news in this article put out a little thing that said, hey, we want to cover Olympic athletes. So if you are an Olympic Mm -hmm. athlete in a sport that's going to Paris, please let us know so we can cover you. So I suspect, Darianne, that we will see some more. Yes. We've got our steeplechase guy. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't think they've done the qualifications for track and field and steeplechase yet. And then uh, we've got a couple of other girl runners that Mm -hmm. I think. We have a lot of runners. We have a lot of runners. But I'm sure we've got others. So we will, as it gets closer, we usually on an Olympic year come up with a comprehensive list of all LDS athletes. And I'm sure we'll be able to do that as it gets closer. So, okay. A couple more just quick things to hit on is uh, primary children are having another friend to friend event in March that will be broadcast on March 9th of this year. And this time it will be president Oaks and his wife that will be leading it. So those are always fun. Okay, but did you see they've got a craft that they're going to do oh, for yes, friend to friend? I did see that. And they're letting you know the supplies ahead of time so you will not have a tantrum on your hands, which I appreciate as a mother. You will need a piece of paper. You'll be cutting and like Crayons, ro- rolling markers, it. Yeah. Scissors. You'll be rolling it on your fingers. Tape and a stick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> be prepared. Be prepared. <laughs> All right. And then the second thing we're going to hit on is the church magazines free to subscribers around the world. This news came out in August and now the day has finally come where the subscriptions are available to all. I believe you just have to get on your church account and sign up. Exactly. So. Exactly. Okay. We are now going to move on to Mormons behaving badly. This is a doozy. This is a doozy. Like one of the worst behavior we have seen from the state of Utah in a while. while. And we have seen Ruby Frank. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) This is right up there with her shenanigans, I believe. Uh, Just shenanigans on a whole different playing Mm -hmm. field than Ruby Frank. Um, First of all, I want to preface this with we, because this involves a teenage girl. We both have teenage daughters who are juniors in high school. Mm -hmm. I have yet to meet any teenage girl who is not hyper conscious about her body and her image. I don't care if you are a runway model or what you look like. I have yet to meet a teenage girl who is secure in how she looks. Every teenage girl I have ever met has secure is insecure about her looks and her appearance. And it is just kind of a sad reality that goes with our society. And a lot of us women still carry that over mm-hmm. from, from teenage years. And so that's what makes this story in my mind kind of somewhat egregious. So 
There is a woman in Utah. Her name is Natalie Klein. And Natalie Klein is an elected school board member states from the state school board. Uh, apparently down in Utah, the state school board is elected. In Idaho, they're appointed. Mm-hmm. But in Utah, they are elected. And she's an elected member of the state school board. She is extremely um, far to the right in her political beliefs and is very vocal about that. If you go to her Facebook page, it's colorful. Let's just mm-hmm. let's just leave it at that. So she gets this flyer that is advertising a high school girls basketball team. And there are pictures on this flyer of some of the girls on the basketball team. Uh, And again, this is, you know, she does not know, at least to my knowledge, any of the girls on this flyer or anything like that. She posts a copy of this flyer on her Facebook page uh, with the words girls basketball and pointing specifically to one particular player that was on the flyer with the implication being, or the implied intent was, is this individual represented on this flyer actually a girl? Or is this potentially not a girl, but somebody who is wanting to be a girl that is playing on the girls' basketball team? Because they've passed some laws down there around this. They have. They have have some laws. If you Mm -hmm. are transgendered and you want to play in Utah, there is like a whole commission you have to go through Mm -hmm. and hoops you have to jump through. And to date, no student has successfully passed those hurdles and been able to play as a transgendered student on any high school sport in Utah. So she posts this flyer. Uh, People just, uh, her supporters start tracking down who this girl is and start harassing this girl, saying you should be playing basketball, are you really a girl, etc. So they start going after this poor teenage girl. And at the same time, Natalie Klein is getting a lot of backlash. And so this stays up for about 16 hours. Finally, she gets so much backlash that she takes it down and, uh, and she kind of apologizes. I mean, I don't, her apology is almost as bad as the flyer. It was awful. So she takes it down and she said, you know, well, I never said that this person was transgendered. You just all interpreted my post that way, which if you look at her Facebook account, of course, you're going to interpret her post that way because it's filled with a lot of anti-LGBTQ rhetoric. And then she says, her parents are large people. Yeah, like, that's, that's what she says. Is She says, like, when she's issuing the apology. How was I supposed to know? She does have a large build like her parents. And so in these days, it's strange times. And we have to, it's, it's normal for us now to pause and wonder if people are what they say they are because of the per- push to normalize transgenderism in our society. Mm-hmm. Mic drop. <laughs> it's awful. Okay. If you <gasps> thought this girl was transgendered, rather than plaster it all over your Facebook account, you are, well, first of all, you know what the laws are in the state of Utah and that no no individual has successfully been able to march their way through whatever their process is to play. And, and, and that's, you know, that is Utah's laws. That's fine. Whatever. If you're that concerned about it, call up the high school principal and say, hey, I'm a little bit concerned. Don't blast it on social media. Why in the world would you blast it on social media? This is so, so harmful to this child. It's like a bully. This is the kind of thing that you would see in a movie like a school bully doing to another kid in the school. Not the kind of thing that an adult does to a child. Not only is this an adult, this is an elected official with a position of trust and responsibility to the schools because she is a state on the state school board and she's bullying a child in the Mm -hmm. schools. Her conduct is reprehensible. There's no other way to describe it. And so then tonight, right before we went on the air, um, I, because I always do this before we go on the air, I like to get online and just make sure that there aren't any breaking news stories that we are missing. And there was actually a follow-up tonight. Now, up until tonight, they had not uh, publicly identified who this student was. I mean, people were able to see Natalie Klein's Facebook post. Mm -hmm. They were able to, you know, essentially stalk her and figure out who she was. It was so bad. The school had to call in security for this girl. That is how 
how Natalie Klein's followers went after this crazy. So tonight, uh, the Granite School District, this was in the Granite School District, uh, they had a meeting and this girl's parents, who are Al and Rachel Vanderbeek, uh, decided that they would go public. Uh, Their daughter has not gone public, but they have gone public and they have spoken to the media about this. And so the purpose of this meeting tonight was essentially to have this resolution calling for um, in fact, well, before I get to that, I want to I want to say what the parents said, because the parents, the parents are a real class act. They said, of course, it's overwhelming. It's unexpected. But then it's like, OK, so, God, why did you give us this trial? And it's like, well, we can. We're strong enough to be a voice and push forward, said Al Vanderbeek in an interview on Friday. So, you know, just kind of a class act. So Granite School District had a resolution that they voted on. And this was what the resolution said. We condemn anyone who would bully or target any student for any reason, but especially those in positions of power who are specifically elected to represent and protect our children. So this resolution passes the Granite School Board District six to one. There's one person who votes against it. Let's talk about the one person who votes against it. I don't know if this one person is LDS, and I should say, Natalie Klein, member of the church. It's a good look, Natalie. Real good look. Anyway, so um, Granite board member Chandler, who cast the lone no vote, said she was opposed to the resolution because it ensures the media spectacle would continue. It was not a plan to provide support to the student, and it denied due process for Klein. Why is Klein entitled to due process? No, she is not entitled to anything. And also she's the one that started the media spectacle. Exactly. (laughs) And, you know. Don't blame the student or the people that are upset about this for the media spectacle. She started the media spectacle by (gasps) posting something wholly Mm. and completely inappropriate on her Facebook page. Yeah. It's awful. It's awful. And then I do want to, I, this is, this is just going to break your heart. Oh, this is heartbreaking. Heart, heart when you read this. Um, so there was a, um, so we, in the process of interviewing the father, they asked the father, how does your daughter feel about this? And Al Vanderbeek said, when he asked his daughter yesterday how she was feeling, she said, this makes me feel like I don't belong in this body. Like I can't look the way I look. So sad. So sad. Okay, here is the other interesting thing about this that my my mind keeps going to is um, she's not a transgender student. No. But my mind keeps going to what if she was? Like this is so eye-opening as to what they go through. Yeah. And the amount of bullying. I mean, we know this. We know that like the amount of bullying, suicide, suicidal thoughts for transgender is just like so through the roof yeah, and their odds of like getting hurt or killed or like skyrocketing. And you see this behavior and it's like a real life example of this is why if people like this, this is why it's not safe to be a transgender. It's very scary. Like I just think of the kids in Utah right now and their parents who are transgender, like what kind of feelings is this giving you to see this angry mom coming after a kid that's not your kid, but could be your kid. Yeah, It's terrifying. Well, and you don't have to agree that transgender is right or wrong, but what you do have to do is be kind. Right. You you know, even if you disagree with all of that, or right. you don't believe it or whatever. Even if you don't think they should be on the team. Be kind. You can't go around bullying yeah. and posting on social media and, yeah, just being awful. Exactly. So. so, Sister Klein, tonight you are my Mormon behaving not only badly, reprehensibly. Yes. <laughs> All right, I'll get off my soapbox. Okay. All right, so should we move on to something nicer, which is our favorite things? Yes. Okay. Oh, we've got a couple of treats to try tonight. So do we have time? Well, what do you want to, do we want to try them or not? Or just talk? Let's talk about it. You have tried this. I have it. We're running out of time. These are Space Dunk Oreos. They're an Oreo with Pop Rocks in them, which we have had before. Um, I have not tried the Pop Rocks. The Pop Rocks. There was like a 4th of July Oreo that had Pop Rocks. But this one, the cream inside is like supposed to be marshmallowy flavored. I kind of like them. Oh, okay. Well, I'll try it they after keep, the show. They keep popping in your mouth. 
Well, and I brought the salted caramel Twix. I have not mm -hmm. tried the salted caramel Twix. You said you thought you'd tried it. I tried it and I didn't think it was very salty caramely. Oh. Maybe I just got a bad one. It okay. tasted kind of like a normal Twix to me. Okay. Right. But well, my, I like a normal Twix. So. But this is related to my other favorite thing okay. of the month, which I actually stole from Tiffany because she's the one that told me about it. There is an Instagram account called Snackalator. Oh yeah, that's so good. Tiffany told me about it and I'm obsessed with this Instagram account. It it's some person out there in the universe who has the scoop on all of the latest weird flavors of Frosties, new flavors of Oreos, chips, random snacks in the grocery store, and new flavors of like things at um, restaurants. Yes. And they post about them so that you know that they exist. And then you're like, oh. And it will make your mouth salivate. You'll go, how can I get my hands on that? Like apparently there's an orange creamsicle Frosty that's coming out in March. Wendy's. Oh, Wendy's. Yes. yes. Orange creamsicle frosty. Orange creamsicle frosty. So things like that. Yes. So snack -a later on Instagram. Okay. Do you have a favorite thing? Mine is a podcast this week. It is a podcast called Even the Rich. Oh. And I have listened to multiple, multiple episodes of this. Uh, they just released, it's a four-part series, and they've only released part one and part two uh, about Taylor Swift. Oh. And they, it's a it's a duo out of California, mm -hmm. and, and they have a lot of... Um, color commentary and they, mm -hmm. they go into history and the, and the, uh, you know, the things that these rich people had to overcome and how mm -hmm. they've done them. Anyway, they're just highly entertaining to listen to. Oh, interesting. I'm they, looking at the list here. I see a Martha Stewart. I see yes, an Anna, Anna Winter. And they've covered Jessica Simpson. They've covered, oh, they've covered J-Lo. Mm -hmm. They've covered all sorts of celebrities that you can't even imagine. Okay, so this, I'm intrigued. This is, this is a fun podcast. It's an easy listen. You don't have to, it keeps you engaged and you don't have to do a lot of thinking. So, you know, if you're folding laundry or walking and whatever and you want something fun to listen well, to. Well, I like it. So. All right. Well, I think that about wraps it up for us. You are going to stick around for a Patreon episode. Yes. So Patreon, we're going to talk a little bit about John DeLynn. There's your teaser. There's your teaser. He had a moment this week. John DeLynn was a bad boy this week. <laughs> well, John DeLynn's kind of always a bad boy, but he was really a bad boy this week. So we're going to talk about John DeLynn's bad behavior in our Patreon. So become a subscriber if you want to hear all about John DeLynn's bad behavior. That'll cost you about three bucks a month and we would greatly appreciate it. So you can find us on all of the social media platforms. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on X. Uh, the Twin Sisters, we have our own Instagram account. And I don't know if you've noticed, Ariana, I've been really good about updating it. She's been so good. She's way better than me. And so <laughs> I have been putting our stuff, our favorite things on Instagram, some of the food that we've been trying. So we would encourage you to go find the Twin Sisters Instagram. So. Listeners, if you have any questions or comments, you can reach out at contact at thisweekinmormons.com. We really appreciate your listening and have a good evening. Bye.